0: Everyone. This is episode 749 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I'm going to go check that right now on recording. Yes, this is going to be 749 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, December 4th, 2020. I am your host, Mark Nez, and today I'll be talking about Fantastic, Tesla Force, Flix Odyssey, an Evil Existence, Morbid, These Seven Acolytes, and Kronos Before the Ashes, and Spirit of the North. I was preemptive with the and right there. I think it was because I said, Acolytes, a little weird, I think, and I was like, I just, just want to end this. I just want to get on to what I've been talking about, what I've been playing, what I've been talking about, what is wrong with me? I can't get anything right today. But uh those are the games I'll be talking about. Don't everything news related. There's probably news that happened. I mean there's always news that happened, but I just don't care. I don't pay attention enough. And no bombshells came out that I can't think of. So yeah. I'll just get on to what I've been playing after I talk about my continued experience with the new consoles. Because that's just gonna be a rolling thing. So I've been playing a little bit more on the PlayStation 5. In fact, uh Spirit of the North is a PlayStation 5 game that I've been playing. It's on PC, I believe, and maybe... I don't know if it's on Switch. Maybe not Switch, because it is a PlayStation 5-only game. It is the Spirit of the North Enhanced Edition. And yeah, I was playing that on PlayStation 5. Pretty sure where I'm currently trying to recharge my DualSense does not draw enough power even though when it's connected to that power source and the system is on it shows that it is recharging the controller but I don't think it's actually doing anything or either it's it's just like the slowest recharge ever because it if it did then the the dual sense battery life is horrendous and I don't think it is that bad but I think the the dual sense battery life is probably on par with the DualShock 4 which is disappointing and Spirit of the North is enhanced visually but doesn't take any kind of use of the haptics or the tension triggers what do they call the triggers? They're not haptic triggers I don't think because that's very different what the triggers are doing is very different from haptics funny thing that I realize is that compared to like the Xbox controllers or whatnot, is that given everything that's going on in the dual sense, if you smack that against your palm, if you're holding it with one hand and then you smack it against your palm, you can feel all the, the tension stuff, like the springs, whatever's in there, just vibrate ever so slightly for like maybe a second or two. But you can feel that vibration as, as opposed to just like whatever is working in the other consoles or the other controllers. So that was kind of interesting. But I really hate using the playstation 5 i just hate the ui and everything but I, I had fun with some games i played it took the launch of the playstation 5 for me to finally play resogun and man resogun is really good everyone it's a very good game it is significantly better at least to me than super stardust hd which is the game they made previously it's a house game i believe who after Resogun or there might have been one more game after that they said no more little arcadey games nobody likes these games let's go on and make this fucking weird game about space and shit or whatever they're doing I do the game they're making could be good could be fun didn't look that terrible but it had some fucking weird name I can't remember it I don't know how anyone could remember the name of that game whenever anyone mentions that game and the name I'm like what is that again but Resogun is very, very good. So, yeah. If you waited as long as me to play that, now's as good a time as ever. And booted up some Infamous... Second Son? Yeah, not Second Light, because there's First Light and there's Second Sun. Yeah, uh, Infamous is just so good. I, I'm going to, hopefully, soon-ish play through. Uh, I want to play Ghost of Tsushima (laughs) 4 more. I was going to say first, but I meant more. But I'll probably just, to get it out of the way, and since I did replay the first game, not that long ago, play The Last of Us Part 2, and then just play that, finish it, delete it, and hope that is really genuinely the last of us but uh yeah and then on xbox side man i'm i'm fucking i kind of just wish quick resume didn't exist or was turned off completely because it being so fucking inconsistent is i think more annoying than it not existing and of course it's more annoying than it just actually working but it is It is just so annoying to not know what games support it for a game that does support it to not support it all of the time. And to just, it is just the way fucking the whatever resume thing on Xbox One worked, where it's like, yeah, some games you could turn it off and return the console on and it would boot up to the game where you left off and shit like that. But it was not consistent and you had to worry about, well, is it going to lose all my progress? So you still can't feel safe or comfortable with your game and leaving it in the state it is without saving. So it makes it just like this potentially cool feature that fucking sucks because it is so goddamn inconsistent. And anyone who says, you like I've played probably significantly more games on my Series X than the majority of general consumers, given that I talk about them, I get codes and all this stuff. So I've had way more experience switching between multiple games, you know, dozens and dozens of games, and it is just... It is an absolute mess. And it's frustrating, and I just... If that worked, I would have a great time using my Series X, because I think it's snappy, and... Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's just that that fucking quick resume is annoying. But I I did want to mention before I talk about the new stuff I've been playing. I've been playing, I forgot to mention this last week, for a few weeks or so now, Skater XL. I really, really like Skater XL. It's still got a little bit of jank there, but it does feel like more of a complete experience. It is somewhat lonely because there are no NPC skaters or online play of any kind, which is a bit of a bummer. I just wish that the world that the, the world itself was a bit more alive because they do have five or so pre-made areas and then three community levels, one of which is Grant Park in Chicago from Chicago, which is cool, but the city areas are all static. everything is static. so you won't see cars driving around, you won't see any kind of people or anything. so there is a somewhat lonely apocalyptic, aspect to it all where it's just like yeah this is a space for you to skate in but no one else inhabits this space and I kind of wish they just had that because it feels really good to control and it's just a really fun relaxing experience it is and this is where the surprise will come in for me it is above Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 plus 2 for my favorite games of the year list. It'll, it'll be above there. So in the one Discord of men for Player One Podcast, a podcast you should check out if you don't already listen to it, it is probably going to surprise everyone when they see Skater XL above Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 plus 2. But I just, I find myself coming back to it much more because I, I really like Tony Hawk, but it is more of this arcade high high-score-chasing type of game. And after a while, after I completed all the objectives and everything for all the levels, and because pretty much everyone, like I I feel like 90% of that particular Discord got it on a PlayStation 4 or maybe PC, it's just, there's no fun in chasing leaderboards or anything. So I, I didn't really care to try and do that and skater xl is fun to just go in and skate to just skate not think about scoring or anything like that just go around find a line that i want to do and tricks i want to do it controls very much so like the skate games it is it's not as convoluted as sessions which is just an early Axis mess at this point with so little there you can't. I I'm hoping that maybe they added gra- grabs at this point in sessions, but I have no idea. But you you use both sticks for different like so to do an ollie, you pull back on the right analog or the right analog stick to do an Nolly You pull up or you push up on the left analog stick. If you push up on both sticks or back on both sticks, you will do a higher level nollie or ollie so that you'll you'll jump higher and it can reach specific rails and stuff like that. And then you press left or right or angles on the sticks to do various flip tricks. And then the the bumpers let you grab. And it's just a well-controlling, fun little relaxing skating game. And I would definitely recommend checking it out for anyone who wants that skate fix and maybe has had their fill of the backward-compatible versions because they Skate and Skate 3 are backward-compatible. Skate 2 isn't for whatever reason. And Skate 4 or Skate, whatever it's going to be called, is still a long ways away. But yeah, been enjoying that. And then a few days ago, Rainbow Six Siege, finally, finally got its uh, Xbox Series X slash S, and I'm assuming a PlayStation 5 update. And it now, it runs super smoothly, and it loads very fast, though the game will load before the game is ready to actually play, because it's still doing all the server checks and everything, which is to be expected, not a surprise, but it's still Loads significantly faster than prior. Runs smooth. It just is a very pleasant experience now. And yeah, I still love that game so much. And I love playing the equivalent of Terror's Hunt by myself or with my buddy. When we get a chance to play. Yeah, that's enough meandering and all that. So let's get on to what I've been playing with Guntastic. So Guntastic is a single screen multiplayer versus game where... I I don't I don't know if there are other game types. I'm I'm assuming there are other game types, but I just focused for like the hour I played with the deathmatch basically. So you're you're thrown into this area, and you have to get as many kills, or you you need to reach a certain kill limit before the other players. And the rounds last. I think like the the max time I think is like thirty seconds, but a, a round can end in like five seconds if three three of the players die right away, which can happen. You know, part of it is the luck of the draw of the weapon spawns, because everyone spawns in one of the four corners of the screen, and that's pretty near a weapon spawn. And in some cases, you'll be right across from somebody, and there won't be any obstacles blocking you. Sometimes there will be obstacles blocking you. But if you spawn next to a weapon that shoots across the screen and shoots very fast, if you just pick up that gun right away and then shoot, they're automatically dead. And that that could be frustrating. But as far as single-screen multiplayer party action games go, it's fun. It is in the same vein as Towerfall and stuff like that. Where you're just going around the screen and trying to kill all the other enemies, you get your weapon that has like five uses, uh, and then you can pick up new weapons, very simple controls, the jumping feels fine you know there are a few environmental i don't know if there are hazards but but the way there are different environmental ways of maneuvering through the area Some will have little like springs that can make you jump higher teleporters that will let you move from one side of the screen to the other very quickly. Looks good. I believe it was pixel art because why wouldn't it be pixel art? And yeah. You can play against AI and the AI was competent enough uh, to be enjoyable for solo play. Though of course a game like this is meant for playing with friends and all that. Yeah. It was a, a decent one of those games. Then Tesla Force is a spin off of Tesla versus Lovecraft, which was a top down twin six shooter from last gen. I don't know exactly when. I feel like around 2017 or so. And this one changes up the formula a bit just by basically adding a lot to it. So you've they've added more weapons. I I think they've added to every category. So there are now four playable characters, two unlocked right at the beginning, and then two that you have to unlock by achieving some kind of objective. And they've added more weapons, monsters, different types of game, not game types, but objective-based things in the environments. And yeah, it's... a And Ten Tons Limited, which is the the publisher... I don't believe it's... They They could be the developer as well. I forget because they, they put out a lot of stuff. They continue to just be, for me, the premier top-down twin-stick shooter studio, starting with, I think, their first one of last gen, Crimson Land. And then they had Neon Chrome, Judgment, Tesla versus Lovecraft, of course. I think maybe one or two other ones in there. And they just all, one, feel great mechanically. They just are solid, mechanically speaking, and then they all have their own unique little, not I don't want to say gimmicks, but they have their unique play styles and ways of giving you a, a different experience. So it's not just, okay, you're in an, uh, an arena and you're taking out enemies that are coming at you from all sides. They'll have specific different things. Uh, and Chess of Force follows a roguelike, rogue light, 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 light structure in that you are going into one of three campaigns and you see how far you can go if you die you get back you go back to the beginning you go back to your little home base where you can unlock new starting i don't are they starting weapons i can't remember if i started with those weapons i think you start with those weapons but you unlock more weapons you unlock new abilities and can improve stuff you like those are all like little permanent things so it's in the roguelite that's why it's a roguelite but you you then start another go down a campaign with branching paths and all that and it's just it's very fun The, the the core gameplay involves twin six shooting of course Left, uh, left analog stick and right analog stick, and then the ability to teleport, maybe like an inch in screen space, which can allow you to avoid enemies by teleporting over the over a little crack in the the ground, or reach somewhere faster, or to just jump around quickly. Uh, that of course requires a little slow recharge, but it's. It's just a lot of fun. It is enhanced for the new consoles, which is nice. So it looks good. It runs well. I mean, there are times where the screen will be covered in so much shit because you can, you have all your base weapons. You have like a pistol, shotgun, a Tesla gun, and all these different things. But you can collect various power-ups that will drop in the environment and they all stack on top of each other. So you can get fire bullets and then rapid fire and then the equivalent of like a spread shot that will give you like 12 bullets or something. And when that is going on and so many enemies are coming at you on screen, there's no slowdown or anything and it is just this very colorful mess of what the hell is going on on screen, which is fun to see but also kind of a nightmare because you're just like well, I don't I don't know what is happening right now. But I I really like, it, and then there will be other powerups that come uh, that drop down as well, like nukes and whatever. Uh, it's just, you know it's a traditional twin stick shooter in many ways, but it's it's fun, has co op, and yeah, I like it. Like I like all their games. It's just a really good time, uh, and, like, and like I said with the Roguelite thing, when you're doing a run through one of the campaigns. Enemies will occasionally drop these shards. And those are what you use to unlock new perks and, and, and weapons and all that. Upgrade them. And yeah, just a good time for fans of twin six shooters. You can't go wrong with a twin six shooter from 10 Tons Limited. I will put that out there. They have never put out a bad twin six shooter. Will that come back to bite me in the ass? I don't think so. Because as far as I can remember, everything, everything they put out is just so much fun. And, and games you could easily get lost in. And, and, and that are great for pick-up-and-play sessions, which is always a nice thing. Then, Landflix Odyssey is a platformer that is trying to make fun of Netflix, I guess. It it is basically the Landflix Odyssey, aka Netflix Odyssey, where you're going through, I think, five different worlds based on various TV shows. So there's one based off Breaking Bad, one off of Walking Dead, one off of like Daredevil, then there's one that is Stranger Things, and the last one is, which I think was the first one, or no, the first one was Stranger Things. There, there's one other one that i can't remember what it is but they all have their specific gameplay quirk that they add to the experience so the walking dead levels give you a harpoon type gun which you can use to shoot against surfaces against walls to create like little step ladders for you so little platforms that you can jump on to reach different heights that you wouldn't be able to otherwise The Breaking Bad levels give you the ability to, I guess, snort some cocaine or whatever and slow down time, which is all right. The Daredevil-inspired levels give you this little hook thing that you can attach to various loops and whatnot in the environment to reach areas you wouldn't be able to otherwise. And all that's all right, but mechanically... It's I mean it's fine. It's not a bad platformer, but it wasn't doing that much for me. And yeah, I didn't find any of the attempts at humor to be that funny. So I didn't really give a shit about the story. Yeah. It's it's an okay platformer with I like I I do like the fact that they have these five different areas that All they don't play per se very differently, but have their unique aspects that make them feel like their own. In the Stranger Things one, you will come across doors that will take you into the dark world or whatever to reach the door on the other side. You know, it'll open up a thing like you'll see like this large body of water you can't get past. But then you go through a door, it'll open up this new area that you can go through and make your way to the door on the other side. So yeah. It's okay, but nothing particularly special. Then, An Evil Existence is something I just played a little bit of because I reached a point where it wouldn't let me progress. And I'm going to keep my eye out on this game. I got a code for it. It is from a single developer. You know, I don't don't know exactly what... Like, always when I I look at something and it's a a single developer, I'm assuming that they've gotten help in, in some aspect you know whether the music or whatnot usually the music i always think okay you've probably done a lot of this stuff but the music Though i don't remember if there was music in it but anyway i know that a patch is ready to go but there there has been difficulty getting it out to the xbox store but as it as it stands right now is it is a bit janky and it's hard to recommend because while i i Always like seeing work from single developers and small teams, you know they're often you know can be some technical issues. And one of the things that was like there's this herky jerky nature to the movement, which is a bit jarring and somewhat headache-inducing for me. And I don't know, I don't know what it is or how to describe it exactly because I don't think it's a frame rate issue. I think it's just something with the way it's set up it's just it's a weird thing where it just feels like it's like it's it's missing something like I don't know frames are gone, but not because of frame rate, which doesn't make any sense. I don't know what I'm saying, but it just it's it's a bit rough around the edges, and yeah. So that that's a bit disappointing, but I'll I'll check it out again. And it's not always clear where or what you need to do. Like it doesn't do a great job of pushing you in the right direction. Because you are a, I believe, brother and sister who are exploring this house because there there was like these siblings who murdered a bunch of people and they were they I think they escaped prison and then nobody saw them ever again. And you're like, you're going to check the house to see if they're actually there or not. You know There have been rumors or whatever that they've been there, You know the ghost stories and stuff like that. So you're going there with your brother, got some cameras, and you get to the, the house and to a door, and it's like, okay, the, the new objective is enter the house. And you're like, how do I do this? I can't open the door. I can't interact with it. And then you have to go back the way you came to go to the window where it will initiate a little, not so much cutscene, but it'll, it'll prompt the mother of the the murderers to show up in the window and do the little slit throat uh, gesture. And then you're like, Oh, I guess that was supposed to be ominous, but no music played or anything. There wasn't a jump scare. She didn't like just pop in the window. She just showed up and, slit her throat i mean you know did the the gesture she didn't actually slit her throat i was like okay then i went back to where my brother was and he was gone of course then i entered the the room because now i could use the door and then my brother was outside actually and i guess the father came and pulled him away and locked the door and the window was big enough that i could break it and go after my brother it's like go you need to go back out to your brother but the door is locked. However, the window in the door is humongous. But whatever. And then I, I got to a point where I picked up a key and then I could not actually put it in my inventory or anything like that. So, yeah. Then Morbid, the Seven Acolytes, is a souls-like and very love-crafting-inspired uh, with like inside-out creatures and some tentacle dudes and all that jazz not particularly colorful but very very bloody isometric viewpoint uh, camera angle and it is really good it, it the mechanics like it is very much so a attack and roll away or attack and parry slash block type of game and i find that it's at least so far, I've beaten a few bosses and made a, a decent amount of progress. It seems very easy. I think that's the one negative I could put in it for some. I think, you know, with Souls-like games, people want that really brutal experience and want to die a lot and, you know, have to learn a boss or, or just, you know... They want that grind to some extent, maybe... And so far, that is not my experience with Morbid. I beat every boss I fought on the first try because it's pretty simple. They don't usually have any kind of super OP attack that you can barely get away from. You can pretty much see what they're doing. They, They telegraph what they're doing pretty clearly, and it's easy to avoid them or block them. And they take it... They It doesn't seem like they take that many hits with whatever weapon you're using. And yeah, I took them all down with ease. The block parry system seems very forgiving, especially against base enemies, your regular enemies. It doesn't take away a lot from your stamina. There is a... The way you level up, because you earn skill points as you progress, and that's your leveling up uh system basically but you won't be able to use that for a little while until you get blessings which is like two bosses in or so and blessings are you can attach two at a time and they'll be things like your little equivalent of your 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 flask will reach uh refill more health uh or you can increase your max health your Stamina, Regenerate, and stuff like that. And you'll unlock more Blessings as you play through. But those are the first three I think you get. And yeah, it's very, very bloody. Uh, Aesthetically, it's not 100% my thing. But it is really fun to play. I played it for like two hours in one sitting. And wasn't really planning to play it that long. But I just kept coming back to it. You have fast travel between the equivalent of campfires, but they're like little shrines. And yeah, it's definitely absolutely worth checking out for fans of Souls games and Souls-like games. Um, yeah. I, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Animations are good. Looks, looks good for what it's trying to pull off and all that. And especially if you like blood <laughs> and... Lots and lots of blood. It is perfect for you. Then, Kronos Before the Ashes is, if you are wondering, in the same universe as, why can't I remember it now? Not Realm Reborn Ashes. Realm Reborn Ashes, what a fucking stupid... I did it for Attack the Backlog, and I can't remember it now. That, That one game that is from the Ashes, Something from the Ashes. Revenant. Remnant. 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 Remnant from the Ashes. It is in the same universe, same studio. I think it's Gunfire Games. And it is a Souls-like. Except instead of focusing on gunplay like in Remnant, it focuses on melee combat. And it's, I guess it was a VR game initially, and now it's made its way to just non-VR Regular old games, and it's it's okay. It definitely visually looks like a VR game that has had the VR removed because it's. I think Remnant looked better, from what I can remember, but you can definitely see remnants from Remnant in the environment. I think it's supposed to take place like seven days. I I don't think it's supposed to take that much earlier than the events of Remnant, but I'm not sure. It it, it it doesn't matter. It's not like there's story things relating to it that you need to know about or care about. But you play as a young-ish boy or girl. And I played a few hours. And I didn't die yet. But I know me- one of the mechanics, the one that is the most interesting is that, I guess, as you die, every time you die, you age a little bit. And I think that's really cool. But in my initial experience with the game, it is again on the easier side, which isn't bad. It just is a little surprising because Remnant, that game's first impression, like it, it got easier the more you played. But initially it was brutal for single player uh plane. And this one I don't believe has co op. I don't I don't believe Kronos has any kind of co op. But the the melee comment is okay like it, it's a very okay one of those games it's a very okay souls like it doesn't do anything particularly special so far. the enemy designs the environments all of that nothing stands out all that much in what is a very crowded genre of course, but it is solid, and I think the more. The fact that it is on the easier side could be inviting for some, you know. That could be a turn off for others, but it could be a turn on for the other others. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I it it didn't really grab me. That's the thing. I I played it, and any melee enemy they were a pushover because I don't think I came across any enemy that focused solely on melee that didn't have their animations broken up every time you hit them so you didn't really have to think about them but with enemies who'd use ranged weapons or some more powerful unique like this rolling bug thing those don't have their animations broken but yeah it was okay not super challenging so far at least but I'll I'll see. Maybe it'll it'll get more challenging. Because Remnant definitely started off as a nightmare and got better, but always had its moments of being nightmarish, whether playing with somebody else or not. But, uh, yeah. Then last of the games I've played is Spirit of the North, Enhanced Edition for PlayStation 5. And I'll say this, first and foremost, it does not stream, oh, this is a PlayStation 5 game. It looks okay. The environments probably stand out as the most visually impressive, but even those, it's nothing about the game says, hey, I don't think you could have handled this on a PlayStation 4. It is 60 frames per second. Maybe that wouldn't have worked, at least on a base one. But visually, it's okay. I don't think your little character you play as a fox, I don't think they look that great. And the particle effects and moving in the environment, the snowy environment, doesn't look all that great. No. But uh I played through the first three chapters and I ultimately stopped because I was just really bored with it. I, I like it's a puzzle game where you go through like the thing is you're going through these environments, and one, I don't think they look that, they look fine, but what they don't do is inspire exploration. When I'm going through them, I'm just like, whatever. I'm just like, I don't see any reason to veer off the very obvious path that I need to go down in order to continue this story. And that is a bummer because I, like, I wanted something that was like, that... Inspired more exploration, or curiosity, or anything. I wanted to be able to go into these beautiful worlds and just look around and be like, "Who? What's over there? What's what's this thing there?" But that is not the case with *Spirit of the North*. I just found myself barreling down the the main path, and the the, sep- the second chapter is just this absolute slog horrible experience where you're injured like ninety-eight percent of the whole time until you get healed and then you like go through a door and then it's like okay next chapter but you hurt your like right leg uh interacting with some kind of evil entity not entity but like there is this red thing in the the world that is toxic if you're if you come near it that weakens you, slows you down, and stuff like that. And you collapse, and you're a little injured. So then the whole of the second chapter, which was maybe 20 minutes or something, you're just slowly walking through this thing, getting some environmental storytelling, I guess, following this spirit fox. And it's just slow and not interesting. And I was just like, man can this fucking fox just heal up already? I got to a point where I saw a statue of a fox and the, the like spirit fox lit up the, the wall and there was a pool there. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to go in the pool and I'm going to get all better. It's like, no, I still have more fucking slow walking to do. So yeah, a bit disappointing. They're just... Like, like mechanically, it's fine. It's, it's a basic platformer and you have a few things you can do you can pick up these uh what are they staffs and drop them by the remains of monks or whatever they are and then their sparrows will arise and that's one of the collectibles in the game and when you hit chapter three you'll be able to interact with these flower patches that will imbue you with this like spirit energy you'll glow a little bit and then you could put that into various objects in the environment to open up new paths and all that and then that's like the puzzles like in terms of puzzles very simple nothing too crazy there and it just it was it was much more of a boring experience than i was expecting and i think a large part of that is just me having no desire to see what, like I didn't care about what was ahead story-wise. I didn't like care about what new environment I might see because while they look okay, like there's there's just nothing about it that grabbed me, which is disappointing because I was, I was pretty excited about this game and getting to check it out. I was hoping to just really get, drawn into this world and want to explore it and all that but that just wasn't the case so yeah didn't really enjoy that but uh that is it in terms of what i've been playing so that will do it for this here episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again i am marcus nez y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sausage the site is of course pixelated com, where you can find this podcast attack the backlog and amazingly baka. all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make on the site, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy, and if you fancy the site in general, and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening, I hope you enjoy this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. bye.